wildly confusing brains. Talks and stories and multilingualism. Touching. Exciting. Quirky. And chiming. Welcome to our world. Hi everyone, this is Cassandra and Violin from the New Heart Podcast, Widely Confusing Brains. We are thrilled and excited to be here to chat and start this new amazing multilingual journey with you guys. Uh, the goal is basically just to chill and talk about multilingualism, multilingual individuals, and how do we live as uh, someone who speaks different languages in everyday life. So please relax, have a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, a glass of wine, a mezcal, cerveza, kombucha, whatever you want, and enjoy. I hope you learn a lot, and any advice is always welcome. So we'll start with our dear, dear Spanish teacher, Cassandra, and also entrepreneur. Cassandra, can you tell us about you? Hi, everybody. Um, as Violen said, I teach Spanish through individuals and couples as a business. It's called Conmigo. I use music to be able to teach the language. As we all know, Spanish is so different from different countries. So with Colombians, the, Mexi the Mexican, the Cubans, the Spaniards are so different. So I use music to be able to show that side of things. I also use a recording. So I send a, a vocal message from Monday to Friday in Spanish and I translate in French or English, depending on the customer. It's really personalized based to the customer. So it depends. I teach from both sides. So I teach from to Spanish or English to Spanish. This is my own business. And yeah, so I have fun doing that. How about you, Violin? I know you teach also. So give me more details about it. Yeah, I do teach. Uh, so I teach languages, a little bit of English, but mostly Spanish. It's a kind of a complex thing to explain, but basically now I'm going to be focusing on Spanish, but I also use English for my translation company, DVS Translation is my new company specialized in the world of sports um, and other projects. So I, I use my life, uh, all three languages, even though I live in France. So French is mainly the, the language I use every day. So I'm a teacher, translator, a little bit of an athlete, but non-professional, of course. And I love challenges and trying new things in any sports or cultural artistic aspects. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. So uh, I have a question for you, Cassandra, though. Uh, for each of your languages, so it would be French, Spanish and English. Uh, could you maybe give us one word that would describe you the best? In English, I would say curious because that's the main reason I started to learn English because I wanted to learn it and just by curiosity and I wanted to go international. That's the main reason I say curious. When it comes to Spanish, it's spontaneous because it comes naturally. I don't really have to think about it. When it comes to French, it's surroundings because my surroundings has been French all my life. Even though at home, we only spoke Spanish. So it's surroundings. How about you, Vian? And I know we have different experiences. Yeah. So initially, French is my first language. So for, for French, I would say my word is childhood because it represents basically that period of time in my life and uh, living in Paris and then living in Le Mans. Uh, Le Mans, a smaller city in, in France. <laughs> uh, for English, English, I'm not as comfortable as the other languages, but I mostly use English when it comes to the world of sports. So sports would be my language because in most of my sports, everything is in English. So um, whenever it comes to that field, uh, English is, is definitely the easiest uh, language to use. And then Spanish, Spanish uh, is uh, my sensitive side. So sensitive would be my word because it's uh, it's a long story basically but but I don't know it represents some kind of um, memories and literature and uh, music and many many things that I cannot uh, explain in details uh, and then Italian is comeback because I would love to come back to Italian but I don't have that much time and Portuguese would be the language I'm learning so I don't speak as I Portuguese I'm learning it like starting as a really really slow beginner but I guess it would be adventure for this one I know we both speak different languages and but in which frequency do you speak them in which context because 
we all know my experience is different than yours. So I wanted to have more details about it. Yeah, I guess it always depends on the context. And like you said, my context in France and yours in, in Quebec is much, much, much different. In France, as we know, it's a little cliche, but it's kind of true. The The everyday life, the routine is in French. Even for foreigners, at some point, even though you live in a big city like Paris, like Lyon, like Rennes, Marseille, or Lille, you still have to speak French. So most of my day is made out of French. But with my job as a teacher, I have English at a lower level. And with my job as a teacher and translator, I also have English and Spanish. And I use it with my friends. And whenever I meet new people, whether through sports many times or through uh, conferences or different matters, I always try to look for the multilingual person <laughs> so we can speak any of the languages uh, we may find interesting for both of us. So yeah, that's that's how it works. But I know Quebec, from my experience, is quite different because even though it's francophone, uh, you still have English. Like from France, our perspective is, is that all Quebecois speak English. Is that true? <laughs> As she said, Quebec has a different context than France. Uh, many people speak English too. But depending if we come from a small city like I'm from, it's only French speakers here. So there's no English whatsoever. It's really rare that you're going to find somebody that speaks English. So it's really specific to different cities. If you go to Gatineau, which is a city on the side of Ottawa, you have much more luck to have somebody that speaks English and French. Or if you go to Montreal, which is a big city too, you have much more luck to have bilinguals there. So it depends on everybody's context. My context has been different since my parents are Mexican. So at home, we always spoke Spanish. And outside of my place, we always spoke French because I'm from a small city on the Quebec side. So my, my context has been really different when it comes to my life as a Quebecois because I've never been surrounded by only one language here since I've always been in the bilingual context because of my family context. Yeah, but since you're like you're at the same time in a monolingual type of context, but at the same time bilingual or at least really, really close from it, whenever you're surrounded by people who are at least bilingual, let's say uh, French and English or French and Spanish, do you mix the languages with them or do you stick to one language only? If the person has a capacity to speak multiple languages, always mix. There's not even a question about it. As Yolene and I, we both speak Spanish, French, and English. Our conversation outside of the podcast, it's always in two languages. It comes naturally. It's not even a question. So it depends if the person has a capacity. For example, most of my friends are bilingual. As she said, Violaine, I always look for people that have at least two languages in their life because I feel like, I don't know, it's something about it that's come naturally to me. Some people don't like, that's the other thing. There's many people in the society that don't like to mix languages, but all my friends are just like that. We enjoy mixing. We enjoy having conversation with different cultures. So it's different for everybody's context. Yeah, and I feel like, like Cassandra said, we together, Cassandra and I, we, we speak the three languages and it's really tricky for us right now to just be talking in English because that's our third language for both of us. And we're not, we sometimes speak English, but not as much together. So it's kind of weird at any point, Spanish or French is going to come. But as for me, like for you, Cassandra, it's easier in a sense because you're surrounded by people that at least have some kind of French or some kind of English close to them at a different level for sure, but at least uh, they have a chance to be confronted to the language if they want to. In France, it's not the case at all. We, uh, we mostly have French and that's pretty much it. So I do have many, many friends that are monolingual. And most of my friends who are monolingual are French people from France. If I talk about my Mexican friends, all of them speak Spanish and English with a, a beautiful accent, but they still speak English and I have my accent too. So it's fine. We understand each other. So to me, it really depends on the person I have in front of me. It depends on how comfortable they are to speak the different languages. 
sometimes with some of my colleagues from from the, the teaching part some even though they speak spanish or they speak english they may not be as comfortable speaking the language as i am because i don't really care if i have an accent or if i'm making mistakes it's just uh you know it's the process and that's the way it is and uh everyone is welcome to learn a language so we all do mistakes even our first language so it kind of really depends even though anytime i meet someone that can speak different languages, I will always try to switch right away to another language for practice because I love it because I feel like we know the person from a different perspective than when we just speak French or just Spanish or just English. But then it really depends on, on the context and the person we have, if they're comfortable or not speaking the other language. And yeah, and that's uh, some people are not as comfortable. And I guess for me, sometimes it's a question of uh, if I get emotional, for example, I... I don't feel as comfortable talking in English. English is definitely not the, the language I will use whenever I talk about my emotions. And weirdly, French is one of them, but Spanish is definitely the, the highest language I can use whenever I want to express my emotions, especially when it's really deep and intense and I'm mad or I'm angry and sad and I really need to use one language and most of the time Spanish is coming even though I've learned Spanish as a teenager young adult I still use Spanish like as if it was one of my first languages and um, you Cassandra do you express your emotions in English or is it kind of like me you don't really use that for emotions I, I don't use it as not English when it comes to emotions. I use much more Spanish because this is the, la the language I learned since a young age. And the other thing is Spanish has so many expressions to express emotions. It's just oh, yeah. saying I love you, te amo, te quiero has different meanings. So and it, it feels like more powerful and more intense when I say things in Spanish and not as as English is different for me. English is my third language and I started to learn it at my I mean, 20. So it it's not the same way. And French is also a language that's been part of me and surrounded by it all my life. But at the same time, it's not the same thing as in Spanish, because in Spanish, I can. The other thing is most of the time when I speak Spanish, I use my hands or I'm more expressive with my body and my voice. So it's a bit different uh, when it comes to French. It's the same thing, but it's not as powerful or as, as intense. My voice doesn't fluctuate that much when I speak French. Yeah, maybe we should try the the podcast in in Spanish. That may be a that would be interesting. Uh, like more in a singing type of language. <laughs> uh, but you you were just mentioning how you've learned English in your twenties, and in my case, I've learned English back in school, but. Well, the, the, the system we have here is, is not allowing us to have many hours, so we don't really have a high level. I got the chance to leave and to go for an exchange close to Ottawa in Renfrew. But it's interesting how you've learned in your 20s, and right now you're doing a podcast, fully podcast for like an hour in English. So can you maybe tell everyone, like I know your story, but can you tell everyone your story about how you, you made it to actually challenge yourself in learning English? As she said, my experience when it comes to learning English has been different than most people. I'm from a small city in Quebec, so in here it's all French speakers. When I finished my high school, I went to CGIP, which is two years of years of college before you get to university. I did that, but at the same time, I was aware that I wanted to learn English to go internationally. And the main reason why I moved to Ottawa was to learn English. I did my communications degree in English without speaking a word English. I just jumped in the unknown, knowing that I, my goal was pretty clear in my head. I wanted to learn English, and that's the only way I, I could find to just be able to express myself. If I would have stayed in Montreal, I knew I would turn always to French because it's easier for me. It's just easier to get back to your first language or your second language and not having to challenge yourself on a daily basis. So I went to university, did my background communications in the University of Ottawa. You have the choice at the University of Ottawa to study in French or English. But I decided to do it in English to challenge myself even more. It was a struggle the first two years to be able to learn the language, not, all, not only the language, but also the culture, because English culture is much different than the French culture or the Spanish culture is colder. So it was a struggle for me to get to the level where I felt comfortable and confident among my skills. It took me years of reflecting and just kind of challenge myself and put myself out there. 
And I got lucky because my friends were really receptive and people were really open seeing the efforts I was making on a daily basis. So basically you just decided, I wouldn't say randomly, but like, let's go for going for classes and communications at university level, knowing that in Canada, um, you also pay fees for your university, which is a little bit different than France. So you decided to go for studies in a language you didn't actually no, like not like maybe hi or how are you doing, but not 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 anything else, like nothing. And especially that when you're going into university, you know that the language uh, you should use, uh, whether it's for writing and presenting, you should use uh, some kind of an academic language, academic English. So the academic English is definitely different than the one we're using today. That is more of a casual English. Uh, as for me, I know that I don't really. Um, my English is definitely not academic. I can try but for uh, an article if i want to write it in english it's going to take me at least three times three more times than uh the the if i'm writing in french or in spanish because i'm not used to writing in academia in english so for you it was also a challenge to not just learn the casual english you kind of knew but not too much you also had to learn how to be in such detail to make sure you would graduate amazing It was a struggle. It was really difficult, even more the two first year where I had to pay tutor to help me on the writing skills because English, it's we don't have the same grammar rules. First of all, it's a different process when we kind of just we do the opposite in French and Spanish. We don't structure the sentences the same way. So that was a difficult. And after just the punctuation and how they structure sentences, it was difficult for me to gather So I, I had to pay a tutor to help me when it comes to writing. But I got lucky that my, my professors were helpful and my friends were really helpful when it, in the process during my communications degree. Even more since we were doing presentations, I didn't want to do presentation. I, wanted, I didn't want to be a fool in front of a class knowing that communications degree is speaking. So I wasn't comfortable. So I decided to be on the back end and do all the technical stuff. So PowerPoints. Uh, presentations just the back end and at the end of the degree I was more confident and comfortable so things were easier for me to do a presentation by the beginning of it no way I'm not comfortable with that so uh, my friends were really receptive to that and they were really understanding of the situation that I was in just But, a little tricky we know how hard that is especially with our students whenever we say well you do have to present you do have to go in front of everyone and and just do it Uh, we know how hard it is for them. But at the same time, there's just one way to go for it. You just go for it. That's it. And you'll do mistakes no matter what. But that's the thing. You have to understand that learning a language is a process. And even when you feel comfortable and confident enough, you'll still do those mistakes and you'll still keep going on learning. And I mean, in any of our languages. And so, the other thing, all fields are different. Kind of my communication is a field where we speak, but also engineering fields is a different process. The lawyer, we all have a different field with knowledge and the, the vocabulary, the lexicon is different. So we all have different specialties and every domain has a different way of learning. So, and even if I think about my master's in Spanish, I did my master's in Spanish after Most of the language I use, it was English because it's linguistics. I use a field where English is more, much more present than other fields. If I were in literature, I wouldn't use as much English. So it was useful for that. I don't regret it. If I had to go back and redo it, I don't regret it. Yes, I, it was a crazy decision. Yes, it was a hard four years of studies, but I don't regret it. And I paid a lot of money to be able to study that. But at the same time, I think it, it's the greatest decision I've done in my life to be able to just learn a language and start this podcast <laughs> exactly <laughs> start this podcast in another language too this is something this is a challenge for both of us Lena and I because we don't speak this is our third language so it's a challenge for both of us but I think it's great that we put ourselves there and really expressing the struggles that we have as multilinguals and in order to keep a language you need to practice you need to maintain you need to do things to be able to make it happen because if I stay in the surrounding where I am uh, which is all French I'm gonna lose it and I'm aware of it so that's why I try to add much more English in my life because I'm aware that if I don't practice this I'm gonna lose it 
Oh yeah, that, that's an everyday challenge. That's like keeping your languages and especially the more languages you speak, the, the more challenging it is because you always like, let's say right now we speak French, Spanish and English. Let's say uh, in a few, sometime I'm going to speak Portuguese, for example. It means that I have to practice still my Spanish, still my English, still my French because yes, you can also lose your first language. That's that's possible whenever your context where there's nothing and no French in my case or no Spanish for you or French. Um, I, I remember my first exchange back in Canada, uh, for which I'll tell you a little story. But my first exchange back in Canada, it was just three months and I was uh, about 15, 15 years old. So it's been uh, some time now. <laughs> and actually, after three months of only, only, only speaking in English to everyone and like maybe sometimes a little bit of French when I had my parents uh, on the phone, I wasn't speaking French at all and I wasn't really learning Spanish back then. So I wasn't doing, well, I was, but not, not officially. <laughs> I wasn't really doing my homeworks for this one. Anyway, <laughs> well, I was, I was focusing myself on English and I said like, today is for English. We'll see later for Spanish and it worked out pretty well. Anyway, going back to my topic, after three months coming back to France, so going to my first year of high school and so on, I came back, I said hi to my parents and and just trying to find the words in French was hard. I was like, just, you know, did you have a good trip? Well, all of that in French. Uh, did you have a good trip and so on? And just explaining how, how the, the trip was and the whole journey and the learning process and the high school back in Canada, which was new for me and so on. I was struggling to, to find words in French was like really, really tricky. And French is supposed to be my language. So yes, we can lose those languages for sure. And we have to practice every day. So the more you speak, the, the more things and time you need in your life in during uh, every day or at least every week uh, to practice, uh, talk and write and listen and practice any, any type of skills you may practice in that language. Talking about your experience in high school and stuff, because I know we have different schooling experience, have different situation when it comes to that. How did you get to University of Ottawa? Because I never really asked a question. I actually don't know that story. So I'm kind of curious now. Ooh, I have a... <laughs> I have a big resume for sure. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be 29 and, uh, and I do have a big resume when it comes to, to languages. Um, I actually, I finished high school back in, in France. I did a little bit in Canada, but it was just an exchange. So it was mostly in France. Finished high school right away when I was about 17. And so by my 18th birthday, I was uh, in Montreal in Canada doing a business school, HEC Montréal, for those who know it, of course. I didn't really enjoy it, but that's when I really, 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 really fell in love with uh, Spanish uh, because I had an amazing Spanish teacher from Spain, uh, Jesus, <laughs> if he listened to that podcast at some point. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, he was amazing. And I remember that first day back in Montreal in that in that conference room where he was talking with his big microphone. Like for me, it was new to actually watch someone do like such a big presentation in front of like 100 to 150 people. And he was doing it in French with a beautiful Spanish accent in French. And he was saying, um, I, I kind of have to do it in French here. Je m'appelle pas Jésus. Je m'appelle Jésus. <laughs> so for those who speak a little bit of French, a little bit of Spanish, it was, he was just saying like how his name is not Jesus, it's Jesus, basically. And, and I honestly, I don't really remember much of my classes in Spanish, but I do remember that first day and I just fell in love with the whole thing and maybe it made me laugh. So it just happened. So then I decided to stop business because it wasn't for me back then. Now I have a, a different opinion, but I was too young. I was far away. It was too much for me. So I, I came back to France. I decided to start uh, studies, uh, so the equivalent of a bachelor uh, in, uh, in literature for Spanish, English, and Chinese. So no, I do not speak Chinese much, except the uh, hi, I'm French. <laughs> That's pretty much all I have left. Um, but I do have the Spanish and English. And I finished my bachelor's in uh, Guadalajara in Mexico. And from here, I had to decide what to do with my life. We 
like just a bachelor at least back home uh just a bachelor is is not enough to to well it's supposed not to be enough to make a career to make something big so we need masters so the the right decision for me was to actually go for masters and then the question was where do i do it in which field because i was doing literature and culture and history with all of those languages and i was like i can go back to business if i want i can go like many many things and because my experience in Canada was kind of, I mean, it was just a break, you know, it was like, I left it, but it wasn't finished for me. So I decided to go back to Canada, not specifically Montreal. I did, I was accepted in the University of Montreal to and the University of Ottawa, but the master's in Ottawa, uh, which was in um, literature and cultures uh, of the world, uh, I was more interested because it was more of a general topics where I could choose my uh, my topics. And that's why I went for Mezcal, <laughs> Mexican Mezcal, of course. So yeah, Ottawa was mostly the decision of, I love the fact that I need a master's in French, English, and another language, so Spanish for me. And it was my chance to kind of start again my Canadian life which was quite an experience because I stayed for my PhD afterwards, um, which is not finished, guys, one day. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I ended up in, in uh, Ottawa. It was kind of giving me a second chance with uh, the country and, and, yeah, an experience of a uh, multilingual world. And that's where we met. Um, I was doing my master's yeah. in Spanish, uh, focusing on linguistics. But you were doing the PhD at that moment, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was my first year of PhD. So we were in the summer classes. I remember that class was interesting. Let's put it this way. It's a <laughs> cinema class. Um, I don't remember much of that class, to be sincere. I just remember it's kind of our class. We didn't spoke at that time. We just, we knew each other because we both speak French. But after that, we started to speak and re realize. I think the main reason why we started speaking is because we were the only ones in the program that spoke French. And after that, we realized we both speak Spanish and English. And after that, just it just snowballed into a big friendship. But yeah, it was interesting. That class, I don't remember much of that class. So you remember some of it? <laughs> no, well, I do remember that the class was about the Latin American cinema specifically. So we were seeing quite a, some, uh, something with the... Uh, I think Perros Hambrientos. No, that's the book. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Amores Perros. I, oh, I know yeah. we've seen this one, Mexican one, which was the specialty of, of the professor, of course. But I don't remember most of the class either. Uh, I do. I don't remember. I think it was uh, in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm not even sure. I think sure. it was 7 to 10 p.m. if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, because I late? Was it yeah. was really late. I remember that. I just remember kind of not paying attention. And it's interesting because, uh, yes, we, we met back then. I, I guess we didn't really talk much. Uh, I guess we're kind of sleeping too, <laughs> a <Yeah>. little bit. <laughs> anyway, we managed to, uh, to do lots of things, guys. So you can sleep once in a while. It's fine. <laughs> um, but then I don't really remember uh, how, how we managed to just start talking together and, and actually uh, started the, the friendship uh, concretely and what's funny for us is that we've talked for so we became friends and it was kind of that moment it's a friendship where like Cassandra is me and she's and I mean I'm her in a in a different with a different background in the sense that we have the same values we have the same opinions most of the time the same way of thinking that the idea of the podcast was an idea she had and an idea I had not talking to each other in that moment and then we just talked and it was like we actually had the same ideas all of the time and I know whenever there's a decision to make I'll make the decision and I know she'll agree because she has the same opinion and that goes uh in the other direction too so that's that's a, a beautiful friendship that was born we don't really know how but it was born and a beautiful friendship that mixed the three languages and allows us to actually know each other on a higher level with our different uh, identities which is what we'll talk about <laughs> No, it's, it's strange, too, because when we started to do the podcast, I had that idea for a while. I, was kind of, I didn't want to. It was taking the time to, to do it and kind of having two of us together with the same ideas and the same passion for languages and identities and how we function. It's just 
it made things easier to make this happen. It, I think within two days, we just came up with different questions and things were just flowing easily for the conversation. And the fact that it's, if we think about it, she lived in Mexico. I never lived in Mexico. My experience with the language has been different than hers. My family is Mexican. I'm born in a situation where Mexico is my home. And when she speaks Spanish, she sounds much more Mexican than I do. It's it's strange if I think about it. I, I go to Mexico as vacations, but it's not the same thing as living in this the surrounding from there. So I always tell her, you sound much more Mexican than I do. Anyways, it's strange. And she drinks Mexican as a French. All of these things to say <laughs> she's special when it comes to the Mexican culture. She is really into it. Yeah, well, I was, uh, I kind of I try to go back uh, talking about how we, we have those questions. I'll try to go back to those questions. I, I was talking, for example, about how uh, I did one of my first exchanges back in, in Renfrew, close to Ottawa, uh, when I was 15. And it brings me the question of um, how, how much of a struggle <laughs> and sometimes a pain it was to actually not understand the language and be lost in a world where you don't know what to do. So do you have maybe some, uh, some stories, some fun facts uh, about uh, like a, a moment, a context uh, you felt misunderstood or strange or not, not at ease? It happens to me often. Since I'm always been surrounded by two languages in my life. And sometimes I try to translate the expression from French to Spanish. It doesn't work at all. It doesn't make sense. Or the opposite way. I do translation from Spanish to French. It doesn't work. When it comes to English, it happens to me more often, knowing the fact that I've learned this language later on in my life. Um, I always remember a situation where I have some of my families in the States, so in California, in Florida. So I went to a trip by myself because I was, I think I was around 16. I went to see uh, my cousin in Tampa and I wanted to practice my English. So let's make it happen at the airport in English. There, it, it's mostly Spanish for some reason. <laughs> Florida is mostly Spanish. We all know this. <laughs> so I started, I wanted to actually kind of ask a question but I had before that, before getting to Tampa, I had to stop at Detroit. So I stopped at Detroit, but I wasn't able to express myself because at the time I didn't speak really well English. So I was trying to express myself. And after that, someone helped me because the other, there was a Latin guy that spoke, spoke Spanish and English. So he's translated the stuff, but it happens to me. I remember, I always remembered my trip to Tampa because I was like, yeah, I want to practice my English. Let's go to the States to do that. It doesn't know, in the States, like in the States, I mean, I know it's a big, big, big debate, right? Um, let's not go into politics, but Spanish is here all the time. Like, especially when you go to California, Texas, uh, Florida, a little bit too. I mean, of course there's Spanish. Like I know, so but in my head, I was younger too. I didn't really know the, all the context behind it. But anyways, my head was kind of, I'm going to practice my English. Let's go to Tampa. Let's go see my cousin. Didn't happen. I only, I only spoke Spanish my whole trip there. I came back. <laughs> you practiced I said, your Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of, why not? So anyways, it those, but most of the time when it happens, the kind of funny stories I have is when it comes to translating anecdotes or translating um, expressions. Or when I travel, most of the time, it's, it happens to me often too. When I, the last time I also went to um, Tunisia, Tunisia is Arabic and French, and people were thinking I was Tunisian. So they were speaking to me in Arabic, and I wasn't able to express myself because I don't speak Arabic, I only speak French. So people were so confused by the situation. But it only happens when I am traveling and when I'm surrounded by only. French speakers gonna completely Quebecois speakers or that have expressions that I'm not used to because I'm not I've never been surrounded by completely a French Quebecois culture because I've been always with my Spanish on the side. Same thing with the Spanish. If I go to Mexico, I've never been surrounded by a completely Mexican life. So sometimes I translate things and it doesn't work. And my cousin does just kind of, what are you saying? What are you trying to say? It happens to me often. How about you, Vianen? 
Oh, many, many stories. I'll just tell you a few of them. I guess when you're multilingual in, in this world, whenever you travel, even though we're multilingual, like I said, and this is really for, for everyone, for the audience here to listen and understand that you can be a multilingual person and you can speak any language you want. You will do mistakes no matter what. And it's okay. It's part of life. Uh, we do mistakes in any field, not just languages. So I want everyone to understand that even though they may hear oh god like they speak three languages or four or five or whatever yeah we do but come on guys like it's everyone is able to do it and if you put the effort into doing it but in my case uh so if i go back to that story when i was doing that exchange uh, going to high school so i was welcomed by a family because i was staying in a family i was just 15 uh, so arriving at the airport in ottawa so tired from my trip from uh, paris of course so I arrived, they welcomed me, they hugged me, which was already something quite new because here we have la bise, as you know it. And it's la bise is, even though it's a kiss, it's it's a little cold. It's definitely not uh, welcoming. It's not warm. It's it's cold. It's a cold way to say hi because we, we don't really kiss. We just kind of uh, touch cheeks. <laughs> that's That's all we do. La bise, is it and the two sides or one side? Because this is something it else. It depends. Also- it depends. Uh, so it's at least two, but depending on the on the region you are in, it can be three, it can be four, even five. How and can I, it be that I, cold I don't know what the hell. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like for me, it's two because I come from Paris, and if you go to Paris, that's gonna be two. But I, don't I go get that. if you if you go into some regions uh, south, I guess uh, some of them is gonna be three and then four, and then you don't really know. But you know what? If you're just doing two, and then the person keeps going and say, "No, here it's three, and just go for a third one. <laughs> you don't know. But anyway, but I so thought I was, it really strange as a concept because. How can this be more cold than a I know hug? it looks like a kiss, but it's not it's not a French kiss, guys. It's it's really just to me, a hug is definitely more welcoming and warm. And I mean, I'll give a hug to some for me, giving a hug is like when I need to relieve uh pain, relieve my day. Oh, you know, I just need some comfort. A hug is what I'll do. I don't go for la bise <laughs> in that case, you know. La bise is is quite cold. The hug is the part that is welcoming. So anyway, I arrived to that airport in Ottawa, and and uh, so they hug me like in a little hug, friend. Let's put it as a friendly hug, and then we get into the car. So I uh, remember, fifteen, I was learning English, but definitely not a good level of English. And I realized that in the first minutes of my trip, I knew it was going to be hard, but not that hard. So I arrived, and they asked me uh, if I'm hungry and what I would like to eat. So yes, I was hungry because it was 6.30 p.m. <laughs> I'm always hungry. And they were really hungry too because it was 6.30 p.m. And I say that I would like, I'll say it the way I said it. I think I said it back then, a salad. So I said that. And I guess they were not used to hearing foreigners speak speak English, speak their language. They were used to the, the, the accent of the Ottawa Valley, which is a specific accent too. And I was like repeating myself. They asked me, what's that? Like a hundred times. Like it was maybe five times until say, oh, a salad. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> and then I was like, Jesus, I can't even make myself understand that I want to eat a salad. I just like just a salad come on like the green stuff <laughs> i want a salad <laughs> and anyway so then we just end up in um some kind of buffalo grill or something and uh and they have meat and i was like oh i guess i should have said meat instead of salad <laughs> but um yeah so that was my first experience and i was staying three months in in a family i didn't know in a language i didn't know a region a country i didn't really know and it was like Jesus, that's going to be really long, three months. And I can't like, I'm not, maybe I'm not even going to eat because I'm not able to make them understand what I want to eat. Anyway, it was a great experience. In the end, it was great because that's really where I, I've learned and constructed my English, my, my basic uh, English. And then you kind of lose it, get it back. I know when I came back from, from Mexico to Canada, when I came back to Canada the second time, I lost my English, like, because I was only speaking Spanish and speaking Spanish, as you know, doesn't really help with the English. 
uh, because I, I guess the accent, the, the whole thing doesn't work out. We talk about French people speaking English, but believe us, Spanish and English don't go together. Uh, anyway, so that was one experience which was hard, but then in the end, it was a great experience. Uh, and then I have another anecdote that is something that happens, still happens often. It's the uh, conversation in the bar, a conversation uh, when you're eating at a restaurant or at home or with family, friends or people, you know, you know, just enjoying a, a drink, a mezcal or something. And it's in another language, a language you may know, but the, depending on if you're tired, if you, you know, if you're in a bar and there's a lot of music, you don't really hear very well. So you need to really focus on what they're saying. And at some point, who there's a nice music you like. And, and for two minutes, you're just listening to the music, not realizing you're not listening to the conversation. And then you want to go back to that conversation and you're just lost, completely lost out of the blue. You're just like, crap like I don't know what's happening I don't know what they're talking about I don't understand all the words so I'm not sure and I feel stupid asking so I'm not gonna ask and I'm tired so I don't really want to ask anyway I'll just smile so that's pretty much what we do and I have that other anecdote uh, from my uh my brother-in-law my mi cuñado who's um so he lives in France and in Provence with uh, my sister, of course, and uh, he's Mexican. He speaks great, perfect English, and he's also going to be one of our guests soon. And I remember that time we were in Provence eating at a, a table outside, you know, sunny, beautiful, and the neighbors came. So Provence is a place most people know, I think, from uh, the lavender, for example. And there's a specific French in Provence. There's a big accent in the south of France. And there's also a, what we call the Provençal, which is a type of uh, kind of a patois French uh, language. So the neighbor was an old man who came for just, you know, like the uh, snacks and having a drink. And he talks. And then at some point, I see my, uh, my brother-in-law watching me. And he tells me, like, so with him, I mostly speak Spanish. So we, we did, I think we did it in Spanish. And he says, like, do you understand uh, what's going on? <laughs> and I tell him, I'm like, I watch him, I smile. And I'm like, honestly, it's been five minutes. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and it's French. And I had no idea because the accent was so strong and the expressions, I didn't know them. And, and he was speaking so fast and, you know, like, Elders also have uh, a way of talking that is quite hard. And I know elders and children are the hardest part, hardest people to understand why you don't speak the language. But here I was supposed to speak the language because it was French, right? So for him, I would understand, he wouldn't understand. But in my case, he was like trying, looking for help for me to translate to Spanish or English or even just regular French, I'd say. But I was like, I don't have any idea what's going on and what he's saying. And it was so much fun because then we just like we just kept drinking and smiling and laughing because we're like for maybe half an hour of conversation, we had no idea what was going on for half an hour. Uh, but I mean, then you just smile. And the only thing is when they ask you a question that is that has to do with the conversation and you're like, because you haven't followed the conversation for quite some time you have no idea what you're supposed to answer to that question. So you can keep smiling, but when they ask you a question, you actually have to answer something. So maybe you can ask yes or no. You can answer so yes or no. But if it's a question type like, uh, what, would you, what would you like to go for a vacation? And you say yes, that doesn't work out. And then that's why you kind of have to admit that it's been a while, you're not sure what's happening in the conversation. So I, I think most people, multilingual people have had that experience at least once in their life. No, it happens you... often when it comes to accents because we all have different accents in English from here, from the States, from Texas, or in the English from England, it's different. We all have different accents. So having sometimes also happens to me often um, and I'm listening to a conversation and I get stuck to a word because I don't understand the word and I'm kind of what's the word and after that I forget the word itself and I'm kind of and after that I don't pay attention to the rest of the sentence it happens to me most most likely when I'm tired or something like that or when I I have already spent a whole day trying to just translate 
things and stuff. So um, in other words, since we're talking about anecdotes and funny stories we've been into, do you think you are different depending on the language you speak into? So if you speak French or English or Spanish, how do you feel? Do you feel different? Do you have a different personality? Yeah, I I, I think everyone is different. It's like at the... Uh, I remember talking to... Uh, a friend, a colleague, you know, from the Ottawa, uh, Guadalupe, Doctora Guadalupe Escalante. She was saying how we have different identities. And uh, I believe that first we do have at least one identity for each language we speak, because the culture is different, because the way we speak is different. But I believe we also have different identities for one language. So it makes like a multiple identities to to challenge, to manage, to understand, to look for. And uh, I, I I do think that because our voice changed, like my our voice in English is different, different than the voice we have in Spanish or in French. The way we speak, the uh, the like you were talking about the, the hands and the, the way you move your body kind of when you're talking and how in Spanish, uh, kind of like Italian a little bit, you're going to move more your hands and your arms and really talk with your body. It's a body language. English, we don't do it as much. Or French is more of a neutral language on that aspect. And uh, and also because the languages, the way we've learned our languages is still, it's different. So we have a different history, a different approach and emotions to the language. So for sure, uh, we are not the same. And like we said at the beginning, when we gave one word to describe um, how who we are, uh, and how we feel about those languages, we didn't give the same word. It doesn't go with it, for sure. And how do you feel about it? How do you feel like uh, your uh, your way of being in, for example, in French and Spanish? Because in your case, it's interesting how you've been having French and Spanish more or less at the same time. Do you feel the same person when it comes to those two languages? Not at all. When I speak Spanish, I'm more confident. I'm more, I feel more myself. Um, I use much more my hands. I am more expressive in my body too. My intonations are up and down. So it has a huge impact. When it comes to French, it's the same thing, but it's different. I'm not as, as impressive. I'm not as loud. Let's put it this way. When I speak French and English, is, it's also different because English, it's a third language. So it's not something I've been into since I'm a young age. So it has a huge impact in the way I express myself. I don't use as much as expressions in English as in French or Spanish. So I'm different, but also you can incorporate code switching too in the process. So code switching, in other words, is when you switch language to another language, depending on the competence, the linguistic competencies you have in the language. And it depends on the conversation. For example, when I speak to Sp uh, Violin, most of the time, Outside of the podcast, we speak French, Spanish, English in a conversation. So we switch from French to Spanish or Spanish to English, depending on the situation. And I feel code switching has also an impact in my identity because I switch different identities within a conversation. So I also think that's also have an impact on our identities in when it comes to languages and how we express ourselves in our daily life. And, uh, and we're talking about it uh, mostly uh, out of the podcast, but uh, I mean, here is a chill conversation, drinking a, a glass of mezcal or cerveza. So it's, it's kind of tricky for us in the sense that because we're so different, like if you have, like, for example, my monolingual friends uh, that I have in France, so with the French language, only French language, not Spanish, not English, not anything else. Yes, they do know me in, in the French part, but they have no idea of the other identities I have and who I am in, in Spanish and English and all of that. So they don't really know me. And, and I mean, I know we never get to actually know someone a hundred percent. I don't think so. Uh, even if you've been with that person for years and years and years, but I believe for sure that someone that is multilingual, if you're with someone like that, it's kind of, you have to at least understand the other language to make sure you actually know that person. And uh, I know it's been tricky, for example, in my love life, because I've been with mostly, I would say, monolingual people, whether it was in Spanish or just English or just French, but 
all of the time, uh, except one, but it was the Russian. So <laughs> then I would have had to learn Russian, but we're not together. So I, I, I haven't learned Russian yet, <laughs> maybe one day. But like, I know when it was just Spanish, then that person knew my, who I was as, a, as with the identities I had in Spanish, but then they had no idea in French or in English who I was. And, and who I am now, for sure. And then uh, the, the last ones were mostly French people, so monolingual, mostly monolingual French people. Well, yeah, they knew me as a French person and the, the French part of me and the French moment of my life, but they had no idea for the rest of who I was. And it was kind of tricky because, because we are those people all at the same time. So finding someone... Um, even for friendship, not just only for a, a love partner, but a friendship is kind of tricky because we never get to have, we, not all the time, but we, we don't, most of the time, we don't get to have that person that will have the, I don't know if it's a chance or not, but the chance to get to know all identities or most identities we have in all the different languages so it gets tricky to actually find someone uh, in that sense um, and I know for Cassandra and I as we speak the three languages and because we're so similar too but not only that it's just we speak the three languages so Cassandra knows me as a French person and she knows me uh, when I speak Spanish which is the conversations are different when we speak Spanish uh, and in English it's so different too so we know each other on a way deeper level than with other people just because we have the chance to speak those three languages together it reminded me at some point do you remember Violaine when we were at a restaurant in Montreal and you met with a friend of yours that was French um, yeah it was uh, Benjamin I remember yeah I will always remember that moment because I never saw Violaine as the French French <laughs> To put it into context, uh, Benjamin is a, a friend of mine from my childhood when I was in Paris. So I hadn't seen that friend in a very, well, it's, he's a person I know now, but but uh, still a very nice person who lives in Montreal. But he he's someone I have met when I was in a primary school and I hadn't seen since. So it was, it was quite interesting first for me to see him. And because we hadn't seen each other since that childhood, like I said, French for me is childhood. We, we, we went back to Paris back then. It was just right away. And Cassandra was like, what's going on? <laughs> and even more, the way she expressed herself was so different than what I'm used to. Because in here, she, she doesn't go into sarcastic. Kind of, this is the way they were expressing themselves and joking around like that. I never saw that side of her. So it was interesting for me to see that side. So as we say, identities are different depending on who we are with and so who we are surrounded by it. So it was interesting for me, but as she said, when it comes to our love lives, it's interesting because it's harder for us to have people to understand all identities and understand and comprehend that we are different depending on how we act. But the fact that matters at the end of the day is that they want to understand and just get curiosity. They are curious and make them understand that we are different but yeah we are the same person at the same at the end of the day yeah, we're still beautiful and intelligent <laughs> women so <laughs> don't be scared <laughs> no it's just curiosity matters at the end of the day and if they want to understand they, they're going to make the effort to uh, make it happen yeah and i always said that uh, if if one day i meet someone and that person uh, has uh, any other language as a first or second language that they use a lot with their family for example I will learn that language. Like I'll, I'll make the effort. Uh, it's kind of easy for us to also say that because we do learn, we love learning languages too. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's not a challenge. It's always a challenge to learn the language. I guess we also have some kind of, because we know how it works to learn the language. I guess it might be a little easier for us to do it. But no matter what, if, for example, I'm with someone that uh, has a Arabic as a, as a first language or second language, I will learn that language and it's a hard language to learn when you don't know that kind of system, but I will do it. Like I have to, and I will do it for, for love, for interest, because, because you have to understand the person and to understand that person on that deeper level and really make sure that person is made for you and you want to be with that person and they want to be with you. Then you have to understand them in a really deep level. So we have to learn that language. But then that's the personal life. And then in the, um, I was thinking about it in the professional world. 
uh, how do you think um, the, the fact that you speak all of those languages and different languages can help influence your professional world? It definitely has an impact. Um, it's helping me on a daily basis to be able to teach different my Spanish from French or English side. Um, I understand them. I understand people on a deeper level, which makes me makes things easier for me to teach people on different with different cultures. Also, when it comes to university, I work at university too. It helps me. It helps me to be able to connect with different people, with different backgrounds, with different stories, because we all have different stories when it comes to our languages. So it makes me understand them, understand people on a deeper level. And it also gets me curious and it gets me to explore different cultures. So, but I'm also passionate about languages too. So it's always been something that has an impact on my work life. I get much more opportunities because I speak French, Spanish, and English. I wouldn't be in the same position if I didn't spoke French or didn't spoke Spanish in my life. So who would you be, like if we're talking professional world, who would you be without your languages? Let's say you just speak French. I cannot imagine it. It's really hard for me because because I've always been in a bilingual. My life has been bilingual all my life. So having just French in my life, I don't know what would happen. I don't, I don't think it, you would exist at exactly. all. <laughs> I don't know. It's something strange for me to think about it. How about you? Well, I was thinking about it. And I was like, I mean, I teach languages, okay? Spanish and English. Sometimes a little bit of French for people that, uh, for foreigners. I, I translate. So for sure, in, in the translation world, you need at least two languages. In my case, I use the, the three languages for my translations. Uh, so as a professional life, like this is my professional world. And even the podcast here, even though it's not completely professional, it's like a, a mix of things. I mean, it's it's made of languages, right? So I'm like, I guess I was thinking about it because we did the podcast in French too. And I had no answer to that the same as you. But then thinking about it, maybe right now in my life, I would do something in, in sports, I guess. But, but I don't know what. But I mean, picturing myself with, no languages or just one language or just French honestly uh, I'm not going to say it's, it's sad not to know other languages but it opens your heart it opens your mind it opens you to new perspectives new points of view new new everything new lives completely new identities that I, I cannot even picture just knowing just French and, and, and that's it because I, I feel like my world would be too small now that I know what it is to know those other cultures and, and actually know about it and leave it. So I'm not saying that someone that has only one language is uh, restricted because they only know that language. They haven't been to the other side, if we can put it this way. So as long as you haven't been to the other side, you, I would say you're fine because you can still do your life, your passions. Not everyone is passionate about languages. So I understand that. But once you've been to that other side, there's no comeback. It's impossible. It's like, it's too late now. It's like we have to, our lives is made of, of discoveries and, and of, of new hearts and new identities all the time. So uh, I wouldn't change it for the world, no matter what. And we are always looking to different As multilinguals, we are looking to different opportunities to always learn something else, something new, something, a new language when it comes to that. So imagine myself being only with one language. It's really hard for me. I just think about myself as being completely Mexican. It's just it's, it's really hard for me to do that. It's just because I'm not, I'm always identifying myself as half Mexican, half Canadian. So it's really hard for me to imagine so just one side of my life. It's seen kind of just 50% of my life not being there it's strange and and I was thinking because uh I feel like sometimes it's kind of a I would say it's a, it's a bad thing to say when you're monolingual to just be as feel like kind of superior from being multilingual that's not how I feel though it's just I was talking to some of my uh friends from sports um and I was saying that yes for sure sports is one way to also Uh, have new relationship with people to meet 
so many people around the world, 100%. And I've noticed that and I, I feel like sports is one way to do it for sure. And one great way to do it. But uh, I'll give you an example. I was uh, I went to uh, Valencia um, in Spain last year for just a little vacation. And I went to that uh, box of CrossFit, which is one of my sports. And so I did the CrossFit. So the sports part for sure kind of you know, you start talking about it, but how did I start talking with those guys? Because I was speaking Spanish and how did I manage to just kind of have a conversation and went for a, una chela, una cerveza, um, a beer afterwards, um, because I had that connection that I couldn't have had if I was only here, just able to say, hola, como estas, uh, and just, you know, using the words, the only words of CrossFit, and that's it. It would have been impossible for me to connect to that deeper level with those people. So it's kind of sports was the 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 trigger of it, and then I had the language that came with it that made it deeper. And I I, I guess that's the part here. Um, and I guess if I could give one piece of advice to uh, our listeners, it would be learn language any language you'd like to learn, whether it's a language that is close to your language, whether it's a language that is just spoken by a small uh, amount of people, or um, like us, we do speak languages that are spoken uh, in quite some uh, places in the world and by uh, many, many people, especially Spanish and English. And in my case, Portuguese is also a language that is getting bigger and bigger every day, so for sure. But it will open your eyes to the diversity of of the world, the diversity of people, of ways of thinking, of ways of living. And, and no one should be afraid of doing mistakes and not learning a language. It's, I feel like to us, it's one of the best experiences of our lives and our lives wouldn't exist without those experiences. What would be one piece of advice you would give Cassandra to uh, everyone? For me, it's be curious, be curious, explore, explore different parts of the world, because obviously language helps to explore different parts of the world, explore all the cities you can explore, get curious about different cultures, different stories, different backgrounds, different stories. We all have a different story, even though we come from, from, from France, I'm from here in Canada, we have different backgrounds, we have different, completely different stories, but at the end of the day, we connect because we got curious about each other we got curious about our lives and got curious about languages and explore if you can explore explore the different parts of the world and explore different society and people i think that's the biggest piece of advice get curious yeah yeah just just do it like the nike slogan (laughs) but it's true just do it So we're going to finish the podcast talking a little bit about the projects we're working on. And uh, we'll start with you, Cassandra. Can you maybe tell us about your projects, your current projects, and maybe the next ones that are coming soon? Yeah, most of the time you're going to find me for Learn Comigo, which is where I teach Spanish to individuals and couples for French speakers or English speakers. This is where you're going to find most of my material. We have the podcast of Yelen, which is Wildly Confusing Brains, Tête en délire en français. And after that, I'm also going to be part of a book, which is going to be released in October 2022. It's going to be called Rebel for a Cause, which is our entrepreneurs with different, that has different hidden disabilities or neurodivergent. So I'm going to be part of that book. So it's going to be an interesting book where we, as entrepreneurs, we talk about our lives and how we function on a daily basis with our hidden disabilities. If what about you, later? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, talking about translation. Um, well, one uh, one thing, uh, one big thing is my my company, which is quite new. Uh, I'm not taking clients now, but I will be starting September. So sports projects mostly, but I'm accepting anything that has to do with wellness and even just send you projects uh, because I've had a background in literature and in cultures and history and many things. So uh, depending on the project, I will let you know if I'm able to help or not, and I can give you a contact in case. Um, I'm not able to help on this one but just send you a project and I'll be happy to work with you pretty much so that's one thing so my company GVS translation is one Uh, my second one is that um, it's the French system so basically next year at this time I should be officially 
uh, recognized as a professional teacher. That's kind of a weird thing to explain. Uh, in French, we call it titularisation. Uh, it has to do with the ministry, the government. Um, but that's quite a big step and uh, is something that is hard to reach. Uh, it was lots of hours, lots of nights and days <laughs> studying and, and preparing for that. So I have one more year in doing that for the last step, and then I'll be uh, happy and officially recognized as a professional teacher for the government. And then, of course, the podcast, uh, Claro, is one, uh, one uh, goal and one great thing. I have been excited for such a new uh project in my life so I'm really really excited about it and last one but not least <laughs> is the um I'm gonna run my first marathon at the end of October so you cannot do anything about it I'm the one preparing for it of course but anyone that uh, wants to applaud me it'll be in Nice <laughs> south of France <laughs> uh, wants to encourage me in this uh in this great adventure of sports I'll be really, really uh, happy to do it. And uh, just so you know, I have some context um, in uh, sports uh, reporting uh, for whom I was translating back then when I was in New Ottawa. So sports has always been part of my life whenever it comes to actually doing sports or translating sports. So that'd be a, a great way to just combine everything at the same time. And I think that's enough projects for one year. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we'll put the links of all of the, the companies and anything you need. Uh, don't hesitate to give us some comments, some advices, some warm welcoming too. We like positive thoughts. Um, we will have our first guest next month for you. So we'll see. It's a really great special guest for a great podcast. We'll hope you enjoy it. And we are your co-hosts, Cassandra from Learn Conmigo and Jelen from TVS Translation. Have a great day or night. 